Okay, let's turn to 8.4. So that's chapter 8, paragraph 4. Okay, let me do a quick recap of chapter 8 so far for those maybe who have missed, missed a couple chapters or missed a couple paragraphs, let's just say. Chapter 8 is uh, on the topic of Christ the Mediator, 8.1. Uh, of course, we get like what essentially is you know, uh, a statement on the coming of Christ, right? We talked about um, God was pleased to uh, give us his uh, begotten or send his only begotten son to be the mediator between God and man. In 8.2, uh, we talked and discussed about. Anyone remember by any chance? Talked about the second person of Trinity uh, being truly God, truly man. So his divine nature as well as human nature. We discussed specifically on the human nature being uh, it being necessary um, in order for him to be our mediator, right? the mediator for man between man and God. Uh, but it was also absolutely necessary that he be divine. So both natures were absolutely divine. Um, and we discussed that and some of the complications of that. Last week, we discussed 8.3. Does anyone remember what we discussed? Holy Spirit. Yeah. Involvement. Right. So, being truly man, truly God. And then last week, we discussed in that in order to accomplish his work as mediator, uh, that he was fully filled with the Spirit, right? anointed. We, we talked about being sanctified and anointed with the Holy Spirit, which was language foreign to us. We don't really associate uh, using that language to the mediator Christ. Uh, but in order to fulfill his role as mediator, uh, this was absolutely necessary, right? Um, so it's, it's kind of what we discussed so far. It's a quick recap. Let's read 8.4. Um, again, these paragraphs in chapter 8 are a little bit longer than the previous ones. Uh, can I get a volunteer to just read 8.4 to us, either in the modern or the, or the historic text, whatever you got in front of you? Um, just a volunteer, anyone. It's the perfect time to voice yourself without having fear of being wrong about anything. <laughs> There's absolutely no way you can be wrong unless you're reading some weird translation. <laughs> 8.4, anyone? Anyone at all? This office the Lord Jesus did most willingly undertake which that he might discharge was made under the law and did perfectly fulfill it, endured most grievous torments immediately in his soul, his most painful sufferings in his body, was crucified and died, was buried and remained under the power of death, yet saw no corruption. On the third day he arose from the dead, the same body in which he suffered, with which also he ascended into heaven, and there sitteth the right hand of his father making intercession and shall return to judge man angels at the end of the world thank you yeah so this is a very uh i mean it's not too um it's not too complicated right if you've grown up in the church you have a general idea of what this paragraph is talking about however i think sometimes we don't uh discuss i don't want to say there's a necessity to discuss this but i don't think there's much discussion uh too much about I guess the, the nuances and the details regarding Christ's death and then that three-day period in which where was he what was he doing what was going on and then of course the ascension ascension is um, quite frequently lost um, 
in our study in church in terms of uh, what the ascension means, its importance, uh, its value, um, and um, it's important, right? Because he came, he died, he rose, he ascended, and he will come again. Right? So those are quite important elements of our gospel. Okay, with that said, let's t- uh, let me pray, and then I'll give you guys some time to discuss in your groups the contents of 8.4. Again, it'll help to uh, refer to the scripture proofs, and then uh, we'll reconvene and just discuss some of our findings. Allow me to pray for us. Gracious God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your um, teaching today, that through the divines and through the confession of faith, we're able to engage with material uh, that at times could just seem, mm, I guess, a little bit mundane or perhaps even uh, too complex for uh, our needs. And, you know, we like everything really simple and packaged for us in a way that's easy to digest but um, I hope that we can engage with this in a meaningful way uh, that our discussions will be fruitful for us Uh, even if it leads to more questions um, that those inquiries would be uh, helpful in our journey and our faith we thank you pray us in Christ's name amen alright so I'll leave you to it groups um, naturally what happens in the animal kingdom is there's a leader that asserts himself or herself so I assume that will happen and uh, afterwards, we will reconvene and discuss our discussion. Okay, so we're going to reconvene and discuss some of our uh, conversation topics and points of interest that came out in your group discussions regarding 8.4. I can't imagine that the content itself was too complex for many of you who uh, are familiar with the Christian uh, faith and, of course, with the gospel uh, and the life, death, resurrection of Christ. But I think the details, again, is where we find... A lot of our inquiries to be centered around. So, which table would like to begin? Um, any volunteers, or should I just pick on a table? I will do the picking. All right, let's let's start in the front. I think we can just work our way to the back. Uh, minimize Mikey's uh, sharing content for today by getting rid of some conversation points. <laughs> All right, so eight point four. Um, First table, what were some questions or thoughts or observations you had in regards to our reading today? Uh, okay, I'll share like a little bit about what we discussed. Yes, I please. A, a big portion of our discussion was around like Christ's suffering. Okay. And like uh, what that actually looked like, like in the garden, um, mm. he was like sweating blood. He was mm-hmm. under so much stress. He was praying to God that this cup would pass from him. Yes. Um, he experienced like physical beating, uh, humiliation, yes. and um, yeah, I think we were kind of just, uh, or yeah, talking about how often like we like think of these things as facts. We don't you know think of it in all its depth, like what what it really was like for Jesus to go through all of that, mm-hmm. and also for him to willingly undertake like those responsibilities um, that were required for him to fulfill like the office of a mediator. Yes. Um, like that is, like that's a true testament to like, to love for, for those that he could save. So that was like a portion of our discussion. And um, what else did we talk about? <coughs> oh yeah, intercession. Mm-hmm. Annika mentioned um, it's, it's a comfort to know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God and interceding for us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's like a model of how we should intercede for 
other people in prayer. Yeah. 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 It's good to know Jesus prays for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. It can be undermined, right? Like very like, oh yeah, Jesus, he's Jesus. He should pray for us or he would pray for us. But mm, it's, if you really think about it, it's odd that God would pray for us. Like it's, it's, it's quite astonishing. Like there's no reason he ought to or like, I guess a logical reason that like he should like it's not a he should thing it's a he willingly undertakes that act um and it's it's very odd like i've thought about it a lot it's not something that like no other religion i think would claim like allah prays for you or like you know what i mean like it's not something you hear in other religions that the higher being is the one who is in uh, a position of like thinking of you in the utmost way right and that upon his ascension, it's not just sayonara, I'm out of here, but like it's literally when he says in the Great Commission that I will be with you to the very end of the age, that that being with us is, is true. Like it's not, a, it's not a hollow statement. It's an absolute true statement. Um, it's, it's quite astonishing, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Anything else? I think generally there were a lot of comments that were on Prophet Mike's teaching mm-hmm. um, because this is a consideration of our Savior, but I think Overall, there was a feeling that we underappreciate or acknowledge what he teaches and what he has done, yeah. and what that really means in detail. Um, and we have to appreciate the study for that reason. But um, also, like on the top of like Jesus as mediator and his intercession being a model and example for us, the comfort that comes from the fact that we are united. Yeah. And that. Like, just like just you 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 but it's like all of you all the time mm-hmm. continuously infinitely and it's astonishing i have a quick question question so you, i know you mentioned um, god is with us obvious one of his uh, promises to us mm-hmm. but does that mean he is praying for us i don't think that's kind of accurate i think he is praying for us at the right he's hand praying of for us in heaven right now i think so i think intercession is being made on our behalf at the right hand of God. Why don't you think that that's Oh, like he's like, I'm with Aaron, but I'm not praying for him right now. Well, you're also not Jesus. You're also not at the right I hand know, of I know, God. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and you're on the left side. <laughs> I'm just like curious, yeah. like, because like, mm-hmm. I know he's interceding in his like, his like, great. I know um, he knows my plan. Yeah, it's directly from a text. Yeah. Jesus is praying for you. Interceding on the right hand of God, at the right hand of God. But interceding at the right hand of God means. Yeah. Means praying. Yes. But yes, Richard. Yeah. So, um, there's two things. There's the accomplishment. Wait, someone talking? Sorry, you can see me. I want. I asked this. Okay. Are you? Are you? Are you guys? Go first. No, no, no. Yeah, so there's the accomplishment of redemption, and then there's the continual application and preservation of that. That's what intercession means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Intercession is like Christ died once for all, but then it's constantly being applied. Like its effect is yeah. constantly being applied. It's constantly application yeah. because yeah, so of it. It might not be like it's not just prayer. It's, it's prayer. part yeah. of it. Also, but like the question is like, how does that redemption constantly keep benefiting us? It's because He keeps preserving it. But we also see it in the life of Peter, like Peter's betrayal of Jesus prior. Is it post or prior? I think it's post. It has to be post, actually, now that I think about it. Um, in their interaction, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess this up. It's probably Luke. Um, but Jesus meets with Peter, and one of the things that he tells him is that, like, I know you failed. I know you suck. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, um, like, I know you're, like, kind of, like, in your grief and whatnot. But, like, get out of this, turn back, right? And so he turns him back. And he's trying to uplift him. And he says, I pray for you, right? I am praying for you and will continue to pray for you. And then he says to go, one day you will go and strengthen your brothers, right? So there's a con- a continual work of Christ, an element of it. Um, like his his office as mediator and his, um, his work as mediator on our behalf, yes, is like as the once for all mediator for our sin is accomplished on the cross. But that work and its efficacy is continued infinitely throughout his... Um, it's it's infinite now like it's effect will constantly be so he's constantly playing the role of mediator even in our worship right when we worship to god our worship is imperfect there's no way that when sinners gather together like this even as believers that the songs we sing the prayers we lift and the word that we preach is perfect in us like there's i mean there's something wrong about it right there's an element that's going to be distorted but when that's lifted christ as our mediator is presenting to that to god as holy and righteous before him it's not that the worship itself that we present is perfect in its nature right so everything we do all the prayers we lift all the worship that we offer and everything with like missions like everything that we do christ the mediator is the one that allows it to be presented before god and so that work and that office is infinite it's constant but intercession is part of it i think he does pray for us again i i think i think your thinking is correct uh, is um expected from the human perspective, it's yeah. like, why would Christ... Is like Jesus in heaven, like, praying for yeah, us. yeah. I think a part of it is our Asian sort of hierarchical thinking. It's like, why would a higher authority do anything on our... Be- that seems so lowly. Yeah. But I mean, you look at the life of Christ, the entire mark of it is lowly. Right? Like, why would he come for you? Right? Like, why would he leave heaven for you? Right? <laughs> right? So in the same sense, I think the intercession is... Yeah. But it, it, it's... It, it flows out of that. I think it flows from that. I think it's understandable. I think your question is very understandable. Yeah. Good questions. Good points. <laughs> um, middle table. Any thoughts, comments? This is an interesting one. This is where natural selection will... <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Anything worth sharing from the group that was discussed? Yeah, so I, I asked the question like, did Jesus was commonly asked if Jesus go to hell? Mm. Was he in? And we all answered that Jesus, yes. Mm. Can you, can I ask why? Not to because say you're wrong. Not to say you're wrong. I'm just curious. Okay. Yeah. Because. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Two twenty-four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you read the text for us? 
Someone has it? Axe 224? Yes. Okay. I have it. Thank you. Uh, Axe 220. <laughs> <laughs> 224 said, uh, but God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. And then 27 says, because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your holy one to undergo decay. Um, and also, like, we were discussing how hell is where God is not. And okay. Christ, like, as his, in his quote-unquote descent into hell for him to remain, um, experiences this anguish in his soul. that he experienced on account of our sin mm -hmm. because we understand hell to be a place where God doesn't God is God's presence is not there we said that yes he did descend to hell on account of our sin and subjected himself under death but he overcame death like he he defeated the death and then now we have hope <laughs> in <laughs> what what we are to expect yeah. um, and what we are to look forward to. Great. We also talked about like how it says uh, he has saw no corruption. So it's like he he went to hell but then there was no corruption so we just had some uh, questions. On Wait, he went to hell and what? So he says, um, uh, says here he died, yep. crucified and died and was buried, yep. remained under the power of death, yep. yet saw no corruption. Yep. So, that June, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> Do we talk? I have a question. Question. Do we? Oh, I thought you were done. I was looking for an answer. I thought you had the answer. Oh, I had a question. <laughs> <laughs> Can I? Okay, we have another question here. And a question here. Are you done? Or not a question. I'm done my question. <laughs> you done the question? I hope you get an answer. Okay, we'll go to June. We'll go to June and then Ivy. June, your question? Okay. Mine was just a thought along the lines of that question. Okay, Ivy first. Okay. Um, my thought would be that like hell and hellfire, that's like the full extent of the wrath of God. And Jesus like took on the full extent of his wrath. So he did descend to hell. Yeah. So he went to hell. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, he went to hell like, like actually descended into hell. But then we also thought about the thing of like, like Holy Spirit, God, God the Father, and the Trinity. The yeah. Okay. Jesus, they're all one, right? Yeah. So if, if there one is goes, they all go. What's that? If one goes, they all go. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, if Jesus is not in the Trinity picture, which I think, I think that is heresy. Right, to so say that the second the person in the Trinity descending into hell has yeah. uh, essential, like, or essentially is separated from the other two. Right, making it like a bi-unity, I don't know, um, temporarily. Like, it's a temporal... Like oh, a three-day yeah. absence like of the second. being at this church and a white yeah. being at another church. Whoa, 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 it's like it just doesn't make sense. Okay, these terrible analogies <laughs> come up. <laughs> 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 that that, that shouldn't work, you know? <laughs> I think Teresa has a point. 
Uh, yes. Does it experience like physical death, but like spiritually not like spiritually he would never dead, right? Like he would still always. Oh, I would hope so. Whoa, 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 Draco. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think he was. Like he. He was still connected. All right, Richard, you must answer later. Hey, June has a thought. Like. June has a question. Is no longer a question. <laughs> Your question is no longer a question. It's been yeah. formed into an answer. Yeah, it's formed into an answer. Okay. <laughs> I don't think. I think I had a debate about this with Binky once. Okay. Um, because I originally thought that you just did go to hell, but now I am confused. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm on the side of like maybe yeah he didn't go to he didn't descend to hell, um, but he's in some state of death. Um. Yeah, like some, just like death, but like yeah. not necessarily descending into hell. Catholic, uh, no, 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 not purgatory. Not purgatory. No, but it says under the power of death. The power of death is. Yeah, yeah, like physically he died, but I don't think he went to hell. I don't think it's possible for the second, yeah, second member of the Trinity to be separated yeah. in its unionship with the other uh, members of the Trinity. So where was he? Yeah. He just. He just, I mean, like, Jesus does say on the cross, he said, why have you forsaken me, um, in his prayer, um. He also says to Oh, yeah, his spirit went out, right? Yeah. No, like, in, in a sense, God, the Father, at that point in time when he did take upon the sins of the world, at that point in time, God did, the Father did see him as all the sinners, uh, because the sin is taken upon himself. So in, in that sense, I think, there was some sort of, like, not kind of like, oh, like, you're not just, <laughs> uh, like, son of God, but, like, it's just, like, the sins are imputed on him, but I don't think he's severed um, from, because uh, to be in hell is completely severed from God. <laughs> okay, Unjan has thought, and then Richard's going to lay down the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I, I don't Okay. Ivy and Annika. Our Apostles' Creed says yeah, that he does. Oh, I was hoping someone would bring yeah. this up. Yes, but apparently some people take it out, right? The original copies of the Apostles' Creed oh. do not have that statement yeah. in it. Yeah. 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 Our oh. Apostles' Creed doesn't have it, right? Like when we do it. Oh, really? Yeah, we we have descended it. into the dead. Yeah, yeah. Jung chose to remain silent like Jesus said his trials. Richard. No, um, like in the Reformed tradition, Calvin's chapter in book two. Ooh, I thought you would bring this up. Um, the Apostles' Creed. This is good. This is, uh, this is a really good way, a really good way to realize that no one has read the Institutes. <laughs> yeah, book two, chapter 17, by the way. You've all, <laughs> you've all failed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, the original Apostles' Creed did have that. It said that it's a hell because of First Peter, right? So it's like right, right. Verse there. Um, but Reformed tradition. Verse? What's that verse? It's like he descended to declare the message to those in the dead, something like that. It's a really tough verse to... Very, very. One of the toughest passages in the New Testament to exegete. Um, but it's clear that Christ took hell on the cross. Right? Mm. He says it is finished. Thank you. So, Reformed are very clear. When he said it was finished, it was finished. Like, his human nature was dead. His divine nature was always alive. But he never descended into hell after he came to die. So yeah. the hell was on the cross. Carrie Joe was hell. Carrie Joe. Christina, you want to say something? I think Jordan had a question. Just puts on 
raptor god. Yeah. Oh, the like the, the experience of it. He, because he's infinitely valuable as god, he could take all of hell's wrath, eternal wrath, from all the elect in like six hours, right? Because his because he is God, he could soak it all up in that one day. But if he were just a human, it would have taken him an eternity. That's why Calvin says he would have been swallowed up yeah. by the punishment if he were just human. But because he's divine, he could swallow all all the punishment in like nine hours. Okay, Unjung has a thought, and then Drew. <laughs> First, we cannot take that phrase literally. Second, the phrase of descended into hell. Okay. Um, reading the baseball and whatever passage. Evidence. Yeah. Um, and then Jesus says to the criminal officer, "Wow! Thank you. You didn't think of that." What's wrong with you, man? Hey, he can't think that he needs to send it to the place where sinners are punished eternally. I thought he meant like, I'll be right back. Okay, side question, side question, side question. Oh, wait, actually, June, you first. Oh. I'm about to forget it. Um, <laughs> it's already forgotten. Oh, shoot. <laughs> wait, so, so is, is there a difference between, like, um, him taking upon hell, like facing God's wrath, and descending into hell, yeah. descending into hell would be separation from God, yeah, like so eternal separation. We're saying from after God. he died, his yeah. soul didn't go to hell. Right, right. right. Yeah. Just, just I think death. the phrasing, though, like especially in the Apostles' Creed, is referring to that, though. Yeah. It's not referring to an actual descension of Christ in bodily form or even in soul to hell, um, and the experience of hell, like. So, but here's a side question, because I think this is where at least my mind tracked when I was interacting with this particular topic, because I love this kind of stuff. Where was he for those three days, right? Friday to Sunday, where was he, right? Um, here's, here's a question, right? If the cost of sin is eternal separation, death, and hell, right? That's the cost. Why does, how is Christ able to atone for sin without paying that price? Right, for the, for the wage of sin is death, so we should, all sinners go to hell because of their sin, right? Yeah. So in order for Christ to be our once-for-all atonement, that he could die and be our, like, mediator, right? How is that he can suffice in doing so and have that efficacy without paying that particular price of going to hell? Oh, like eternally? Yeah. Uh, or e even temporarily. Even a temporal presence in hell. Why is it that he can avoid that particular element of the consequence and still suffice as our once-for-all atonement? Mm -hmm. Mikey and then Christina. So, like... I understand, like, the way we say it, like, he paid for our sin. Yeah. But when he was being crucified on the cross, like, in 1 Corinthians, it says that he became sin. Like, his, he, like, God made him who knew no sin become sin so that through him we might have the righteousness of God. So mm -hmm. when he was killed on the cross, um, to kind of disagree with June a little bit, I do think he was disconnected from God. Um, I think for when he became sin and his body was killed and offered as our atonement in that moment for six or three days, whatever, six hours, three days, whatever it was, um, he experienced a spiritual separation from God, right? Um, I mean, like, someone already said it, but like when he was being crucified, he said, like, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
I so <laughs> the spiritual disconnect, like there is a, spir- there had to be a spiritual disconnection. I, I don't know, like, does that, like that would mean that for a moment in time, it was not a trinity, but it was a duality. <laughs> um, I, I, I could see it as like, God did see Christ on the cross as, like, Just uh, imputed, like, I think there's a, like, there's a double meaning, imputation. Yeah, there's a meaning to when it's imputed over, like, um, like Christ actually sinning, but... Um, yeah, but it's not a transaction where it's, like, you're paying for someone. Like, it's, like, it's not, you're not, like, tapping your card. It's the, that, pay, that paying for that sin, that transaction, yeah. had to be his life, right? Mm-hmm. It had to be not just his physical, but his, like, he... I, I don't even think we understand what it means to become sin. Like, we're sinners, we commit sin, but to be sin itself and have the wrath of God poured out and you die right that itself is difficult to comprehend because we're experts at sinning right? and yeah. we're committers of sin but to but I don't say you are sin like that, that that's weird lingo right like you're a sinner I don't know. some people sin. I might say you are Actually, sin. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. okay Tambi. Thanks. <laughs> well, I would. This might kind of be a cop out answer, but we love all answers. Like because he's Jesus, because he is the necessary and sufficient sacrifice. It had to have been Jesus to be able to do something like that. To so it negates the necess- necessitation of that particular trip to hell. Yeah. Okay. Like it had to be Jesus and. Only he could suffice in doing so because he's unique in his character. And yeah. Also eternal, okay. right? That's why... Sure. Because, like, what Richard said, if a human being, right, right. if I went up to the cross, I'd have to wait, like, millions, millions of, like, eternal time. Sure. Right? So I think because Jesus was like that, he's eternal. So he's able to kind of override that particular aspect of the consequence. I wouldn't say override. Okay. Right? okay. <laughs> Sure. It, I'm not sure. Like, is it because he was he was perfect? Like he perfectly fulfilled the law. Like if you think about it, mm. like um, we deserve to die because like we commit sin, right? So like if you thought about it, I, like you you did something bad, so you'd be punished, and this is how you're supposed to be punished. So then everybody sins, everyone should be punished this way. But Jesus, who did who was perfect, took on the sin. So in that way, like it's like bl- it's like an innocent person taking the taking the blame for a guilty person like they did that's nothing exactly wrong. what it is yeah and so because it just like elevates that level of sacrifice like he didn't have to do that just like because like, like, he himself and his happen. nature did not sin yeah but he's taking on sin that he yeah. did not commit like it's so like an innocent person interesting is it like is it because he's perfect that that it just takes away that requirement of actually having to like like he himself to having die. to go into yeah. into hell okay yeah no very i think that's that's a very like wise thought i think yeah the because as much as we talk about christ's imputed righteousness upon us we need to consider the imputation of our unrighteous on him on the cross he is presented like in a sense unholy taking on wrath uh richard you have a thought um yeah so there, there's a debt which is infinite debt mm-hmm. and then as this one we say that when christ made satisfaction he made payment for that debt yeah so the payment didn't have to be an exact eternity in hell as long as the payment itself was an infinite value, yes. that would pay the debt. Yes. Because of Christ's divine nature adding infinite value to the person of Christ, when he offered himself, 
that was a sacrifice of infinite value which God would accept in the place of him having to physically go to hell, if I can use physically. Yeah. So for that reason, it was, as long as the soul debt is paid, yes. the person of infinite value, Jesus Christ, um, um, he doesn't have to go there as, as we would have to go. It's basically kind of like... Yeah, the... The lamb that was slain on that cross, the so-called lamb that was slain on behalf of the sins of all, or many, uh, was of infinite value. And so it could cover for an infinite cost. And so um, here's a really interesting statement that I, I found from R.C. Sproul. Our rebellion is against God who is of infinite worth and value so that our sin is of infinite variety. Even if we suffer eternity in hell, that can't really justly fulfill the measure of punishment that is our due right so we spend eternity in hell because it, it is a, a cost that you'll never be able to pay it's not that eternity in hell can actually pay for your sins so this is like this changed everything for me when i read this because i was like oh my goodness i always thought like sin go to hell and that's how you pay the cost you can never pay the cost of your sin that's why you spend all of infinity in hell because it's a cost that will never be paid. That's the reform position on it. But it's uh, that like that paradigm shift when I read that, I was like, wow. Um, here's the reform view on the matter of did Christ or did Jesus go to hell? <laughs> that sounds so wrong to say, right? Jesus go. Um, anyways, the reform view of this matter is the full measure of hell that Jesus suffered. He suffered on the cross. He didn't need to go to hell somewhere underneath the earth to suffer. When he was exposed fully to the wrath of God on the cross, Paul labors the point. That Jesus became a curse for us. He took the full punishment of hell during the atonement. When he was about to die, he declared, it is finished. Uh, in Greek, tetelestai, meaning that the payment has been made. Then he commended his spirit into the Father's hand. So historical reform theology would just change the order to say this in the Apostles' Creed. That Jesus was crucified, descended into hell, died, and was buried. Does that make sense? That on the cross he took on what essentially we would equate to hell. Right? But um, I think that's a nice, neat way of kind of putting it. I don't know mm -hmm. if it helps. Um, fantastic. Yeah. So we go to hell because we have to spend an eternity trying to pay up that cost. But it's, so it's, not, it's not even possible. So the hell, hell will be a place to uh, atone for God's wrath Infinity. You cannot, yeah, you can't atone for it. It's a cost that right, cannot right, right. be paid, okay. yeah. I mean, it, in, in its mechanics, that's ultimately what happens, right? The, right. Like, in terms of like what actually happens, but I guess mm, in operation or in the, in the details of it, it's probably different. Right. It's not as clean as that, right. I think. Yeah. But um, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> the more you look into this stuff, it's, it's quite compelling. Yeah. I mean, we're already discussing intensely about where was he for those three days then? All right. So last table. Thoughts? Um, Victoria made a great point. We asked. Um, wow, Victoria made a great point. Yeah. You're a mathematician. Made, made under the law. So we were kind of struggling mm. with that. And uh, uh, we, Victoria came to the conclusion that because um, 
Well, we, we all came together. Um, because God is the law, technically he's not under it. Right? Yeah. So Christ um, voluntarily subjects himself to it. You want to go deeper? Yeah. <laughs> he subjected himself to it in order to fulfill it on our behalf. And yeah. then he added the point that um, God's standard for heaven has never changed. It's been perfect righteousness. So it's not that the New Testament, the standard changed. We just have faith and God accepts your faith. On the basis of your faith, God saves you. It's faith that lays hold of Christ's righteousness. Yes. That that perfect righteousness is still required and it's fulfilled in the person of Christ. Right. So, yeah, that was our point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if people got that, but it's basically essentially the object of our faith that which saves us. It's not our faith in and of itself has any sort of power in it. Uh, but it's the power and the object of our faith, and our faith is the means by which we are saved um, through the object of our faith, right? Does that make sense? Sometimes we put too much emphasis on faith itself as being, like, because when we say faith alone, uh, we forget the Christ, in Christ alone part, right? It's faith alone, right? So, sola fide, in Christ alone, right? You have to remember that in Christ alone. Richard's interview question was on how to say Yeah, just watch his one and a half minute um, video on justification. That was, that was, that was. Doctrine justification. That's fantastic. Do you like it? Of course. I'm subscribed. That's like uh, 18 views roughly. Yeah. Uh, 17 of those are Yanni. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, absolutely important that we remember this. Um, anything else? So I don't think we uh, really answered the what did he do in the three days. Oh, what did he do in the three days? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Unjong touched on it, but um, he does promise the thief that you'll be with paradise. You'll be in paradise with me, right? Um, the assumption on Calvin's end, as well as most of the Reformed tradition, is that he was like in heaven's glory for the three days. Came back. Came back. Yeah. Wait. So took on. He came back. But Jesus came back two times. Jesus came back two times? Yeah. What do you mean? So the first time he came twice. Yeah, he flesh twice. As a baby. Wait, are you asking did he leave two times? Well, no, not not in the sense that he was birthed. Uh, no, no, birth? No, 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 not incarnation. There's one incarnation. Yeah, one incarnation. And then there's one resurrection, and then there will be one final second coming. Yeah. So they're all three separate sort of, you know. But then if Jesus ascended into heaven, when he, yeah. he says it is finished, Again. He never left the flesh. He right. never left the flesh. Right. He came down twice. Yeah. Right. But I don't think he left the flesh. I don't think he left the flesh. I want an answer. No, I don't think he left the flesh. In the sense that the divine and human nature are inseparable at that point. I don't think there's a, for the three days there was what do you think, Richard? Do you think there's a there's a separation in the hypostatic union at that time or No. I don't think so either. His human nature was dead. His soul yeah. was dead. His yeah. body is in the grave and his, yeah. his divine nature is and I don't think that divine nature was in hell. Yeah, well, omnipresent, like just chilling. Yeah. All of it. Divine nature is everywhere, right? Divine nature is in this room right now. All of But there's one incarnation. Just look at it as one incarnation, yeah. one resurrection, and then there will be a second coming. But the second coming is really just like his body just. Like, yeah. So I have a question then, because like. So to the, to the thief on the cross, he said, today you will be with me in paradise yeah. or heaven. Yeah. Um. So, like, Lazarus was dead for, like, four days, right? Before he uh, resurrected. Okay. So, was he, 
That is a much more complicated question, but yes. Like, what was he doing for four days? That's all I'm gonna say. Fantastic yeah. question. Yeah. Fantastic <laughs> question. He be chilling, guys. Yeah. Like, Fantastic. He's like, oh shoot, I come back down. <laughs> and he's like, come down to it. I don't. Devon is not like, oh, he didn't have any from here. He's. I'm talking about Lazarus. Yeah, he's talking about Lazarus from the grave where Jesus resurrected. Lazarus was dead for four days. Or revives him, I should say. And his body was just there. I know his body was there, but what was his soul? Yeah. Maybe this is a larger discussion for later, but... So Lazarus... Don't we believe in... You know, he died for four days and he got brought back to life. I forgot the words for it, but there's... There's three different timings of heaven. Pre-millennialism, post-millennialism, millennialism. Yeah. Don't we believe in God? All of us? Well, in the Reformed tradition. Reformed tradition, like Presbyterianism, yes. Yeah. Then how would that work? We'll get there. We'll get there. I think that's going to complicate things for people. Okay. Um, <laughs> yo, very great question. I, I think we can discuss that at a table, but basically, like, um, we don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's, we don't know. Yeah. And I just want to add, too, like, these are good questions, but I actually don't think it matters too much. Yeah, which is yeah. exactly what I was trying to say in the beginning. The no, I did raise, qu- raise the question, so <laughs> I'm also saying that it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, like, saving faith comes from, um, Simple theology, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to know, like, because first of all, no one knows, like you said. Right? <laughs> and secondly, um, <laughs> secondly, um, what's important is that you believe that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. Yes. And those who would believe would be justified by faith. Yeah. Right? So what yeah. he was doing for three days or, like, where he was, like, um, I tend to agree with you that, like, he wasn't in the depths of Hades, like, you know, I think hell could have been experienced all the cross yeah. when he came to him and he died. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, I don't think this is, like, fundamental. Like, this is just, just the... Yeah, and I hope no one is getting the idea that yeah. we're trying to indicate that it was... I mean, in my opening prayer, I was trying to indicate that, that this is not nece- necessary um, information, but the complexity of it is also, I think, helpful for spiritual maturity, only because... You don't have to know how your car works. Most people don't know what a piston is, but it's what allows your engine to run. Um, but, you know, like, no, that literally what the Detroit Pistons are named after, right? It's kind of funny. You don't even know that, right? <laughs> it's the Motor City, right? Like, it's literally that's... Oh, you did know that. Okay, okay. Just making sure. Just making sure. But, but it's... Uh, the complexity is not where we find... Um, I guess the most important operative, right? Which is the car just needs to turn on and take you where you need to go. But knowing how a vehicle works does come with its benefit, right? When something happens that's wrong, it's like, oh, why is this not? Why is this part of my engine not working? Why? Why is this not working? Why is that not working? Why is my mechanic charging me like three thousand dollars for this part? Is this actually worth this much? Like, what exactly is this piece that's in my car that's causing this, you know, effect? Um, like anything in life, right? Um, we don't need to know the complexities, but it can be of assistance for some. So I hope that helps. Um, that it's not a meaningless banter. It's not like, you know, nonsensical information. If that helps. Okay. Yeah, this was fantastic. I'm very happy with uh, with everything. We're almost done, actually. It's 8.6. It's going to be the end of the 8th chapter. At the conclusion of the 8th chapter of Christ the Mediator, we're going to have our quiz on the Westminster Confession of Faith. And there's going to be a big time prize. So we're going to break up into groups. 
Uh, and then on that Sunday, Ivy's gonna come super ready and equipped because I know she's been amped for this stuff. We're gonna have a huge <laughs> quiz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you better train yourselves, right? And I guarantee you a prize will be very, very, very worth. Right? So do not miss that Sunday. Do not miss that event. It's going to be a sick quiz. Uh, and then, um, so you want to study up on the eight chapters of Westminster Confession of Faith. Probably want to message Richard frequently throughout the week and bother him during his introverted state. Um, and then we'll, we'll have fun. I think it'll be exciting. <laughs> okay, with that said, I'm going to pray and conclude our time. Allow me to pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for our conversation. We thank you for Christ, the mediator, the second person Trinity, taking on flesh, taking on uh, human form to die, to be our mediator on our behalf, and also to resurrect and uh, just really show us what it means to conquer death and, and conquer the grave and uh, gives us reason to have hope in him, in life and in death. Father, we thank you for him. We thank you for the gift. Uh, of his life, death, and resurrection. And we place our faith in him. And our faith in him is what gives us benefit of salvation. And we thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, we just thank you for the good news. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, man. Thank you.